2: Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast, and ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. This is podcast episode number 69. (laughs) Nice. I'm your host, Coop. Tonight we have some people to talk some Reds baseball, and there is a little bit of news to get into. Plus, we have a kind of a fun topic after that. First off, let's go to Burmy. How are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing well, Coop. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored to be on the nicest edition of the podcast so far. What a thrill. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Ram at Ram. Uh You know,
1: per usual. Cool.
2: Shout out to Ram. Well, and here's the thing, Polly. how are you tonight?
1: Here's the thing, Coop. I'm doing great. Living a dream. Drinking some beer out of a nice, cheap Yeti Ozark Trail. I'm a Walmart shopper sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry to say that. But uh, I have a shout out to John Nicholas A3. I have to say, but there's a but in this podcast
2: all right well all right then uh (laughs) ken how are you doing tonight obscure from former reds ken
1: i'm doing
3: well thanks for having me on
2: no problem and we have the sponsor of the podcast make triumphant return callie how are you doing this fine evening
4: not bad how are you doing
2: i'm doing all right doing all right good very nice podcast so far so we got a little bit of news that actually broke not into our podcast last week. And that's the post start of the major league season at the end of June. And as part of that, there's a proposal for lining the leagues so that there, there's not an American league or national league. It's lined up more geographically just because of the travel considerations. When you consider COVID-19 and there's probably not going to be fans and all of that. So, let me let me read you what the divisions would be and then we'll we'll discuss. So the east would be the Orioles, Red Sox, Pirates, Marlins, Mets, Yankees, Phillies, Rays, Blue Jays, and Nationals. The west would be the A's, Giants, Angels, Dodgers, Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers, Astros, and Mariners. And then the central would be the Braves, Brewers, Cardinals, Indians. Reds, Royals, Tigers, Twins, and White Sox. Also, a part of this would be a universal DH. If this happened in 2020, I would think that the universal DH would be here to stay. So, uh, Ken, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on these three divisions and how that would look for, say, like a 100-game schedule?
3: I like the fact that they keep most of the NL Central together, and... I love it way better than the Arizona. It's certainly easy. They don't have to go through the gauntlet of of LA and Arizona. Out in Arizona, um, the Cubs won't be as good. The Birds won't be as good. The White Sox are good but up and coming. The Tigers are terrible. The Indians are on their way down. So this is a much easier alignment than than the Arizona East West leagues that they had. That they kicked around a month or so ago, so I'm a big fan.
2: Yeah, the only team that scares me in that is the Braves because they're really freaking good.
3: The Braves are really, really good, a whole bunch of good young
2: talent. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing, Polly. Give me your thoughts on these divisions.
1: Wholeheartedly about the Braves, but if they're going to put the Mar, or they don't, don't. Do they not look at a fucking map at all? Like Atlanta's right. Like I don't know. That kind of like threw me off, but it would be very good baseball like the reds would have would be competitive they have be just be great and as much as burmy likes to make 69 jokes all the time i like the dh just as much as he likes 69 jokes so i'm all
2: for it <laughs> i think the, the Braves if i'm not if i'm not mistaken either way yeah. they, I, think, yeah. I think they just had to just to get the 10 teams at each division, they probably right. had yeah. to do no, a little no, bit of yeah. maneuver in there. Uh,
1: that makes sense. I like, I would like to see a, a, a few matchups against the twins. Like, and, and, like if this would happen, like I would think the twins and reds would match up. Well, I think the twins are a very good. And if, if it was, we're looking at the American, League, I, there'd
2: be a lot of fun. To watch. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, I agreed
0: in the sense that I think the division would be very winnable or the potential to win it is there. The Braves are obviously really good. Twins are in the Central, correct? Yeah. The Twins are sneaky good. And they were, you know, they shocked everybody last year. They hit a billion home runs. They have a great lineup, but they have really good pitching, led by Jose Barrios. And I think that, you know, the Twins the Twins, and the Braves may fight for the title, and then the Reds would be right there uh, in terms of the teams in there. I am kind of sad we don't get the shitty Pirates in the division, but I do feel good for our players' ribs. So
2: Uh, that's, you know, your Quinn's also signed Homer Bailey, so hey.
0: Oh good. He can, he he can pitch his one game, not out of the bullpen, bitch about never being a bullpen pitcher. And then be DFA'd by, you know, (laughs) the middle of three. But, But
2: that that Eastern division, all those teams are going to feast on the Orioles, Pirates and Marlins.
0: Oh yeah. The Marlins are, the Marlins are a shit show. The Pirates are a shit show. God bless the Orioles. I mean, you it, it, it just it's the fucking Orioles, man. They were so bad lad they really because they're in the AL East, so they don't want to the rest of their divisions pretty good. You know, so they just got beat up by their division. Um, but you know, they have Jose Iglesias now and he's a clutch hitter guy, so maybe the Orioles will really turn it around with his leadership at shortstop. But yes, I think the central, the way it's aligned in that proposal would be great for the Reds. And uh, you're right, Paul, I did 69 jokes. You know, sometimes I find fun stats that just happen to be 69. I don't, you know, just coincidence.
2: Numbers. Nice. Nice. The numbers. 69 jokes are nice.
1: nice. I remember I was in high school, guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sick, dude. Sick.
2: You're just out of high school, right? I mean, you're you're a youngin'.
0: Oh, Jesus <sighs> Christ. This is my 10-year reunion.
2: Well, I, my 20-year reunion was like two years ago.
0: People don't forget.
2: I didn't go. Cal, your thoughts on these proposed divisions.
4: Well, I like that the pirates aren't nerdy, because I'm really tired of looking at them. I don't have to watch them. That seems good. And did I see that the tigers would be in ours?
2: Yeah, the tigers would be as well.
4: I like the tigers. I don't know why. So I think that's great. How about it?
2: I love the I love the tigers logo. That that yeah. scripted D. I I love the D.
1: I would scripted C <laughs> back. Yeah, you do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I love, I just, the major thing about it all is the playoff situation. It was expanded playoffs and teams too in the playoffs, which I think would be very interesting. Like, you know, I, when I first saw the division, I was kind of scared. I was like, "Man, there's, there's some good teams in there." The Reds with the play, but if there's expanded playoffs, I, I think it benefits the Reds even more.
2: No, I agree with you, Paulie. That would it be maybe the would it be the top three or top four teams? Out of each division that would go to the playoffs. With expansion of the playoffs. Offs. Yeah. yeah. I could easily see the Reds finishing in the top four of the division. Lee. Agreed. Yeah. Because the Royals are bad. The Tigers aren't very good. The Cubs and Brewers are on the downswing. So are the Indians. The Cardinals are. They would be iffy to make the top. So would the White Sox. I would think the the top four would be some order, the Braves, Reds, Twins, and then either the White Sox or the Cardinals. And then it's a matter of how they would match up those teams with the other eight teams in the playoffs. Because, like, for example, the East, I would expect the Yankees and Nationals, probably the Red Sox, maybe the Finals, uh, and then possibly the Rays. Would be fighting for those four t- four spots, and then the West you'd have the A's, Angels, Dodgers, uh, Diamondbacks, maybe Astros, and perhaps the Rangers would be fighting for those spots. So it, I don't know; it would be really interesting to see how that would how that would shape up, especially when you're talking about a hundred games or so for a regular season. Twelve is twelve um, is
0: just such an odd number.
2: It's an even make- number. It's an even number. Oh,
0: thanks for the... Thank <laughs> you, <laughs> Department of Semantics. It's... Sorry. No, it's such an odd number to make playoffs. Like, in the, in the NFL, you have 12 teams, but it's divided between two, not three. So, with, like, one play four, two play three, and then play, and then you have three teams. And it's like, what the fuck do you do now?
2: I don't know. I have not seen... I mean, it. Go ahead.
1: I, I'm looking at it. All the of NBA have 16? Does the NBA 16? 16, 16 makes sense, 16? though. One through eight makes sense. Twelve
0: is tough. That's my well, point. Like, every other league has 16 teams make playoffs in terms of, like, the NHL and the NBA both have 16. The NFL does it with their buy. I mean, now they have 14. But, like, you know, there, there's buys and shit. Would somebody get a buy? You know what I mean? Like,
2: yes, I, I'm just, just trying to I'm just, Go ahead. Go ahead, sense, Ken, right? and read off the playoff scenario.
3: So, it's two halves and looking at it, I can't tell how it's organized, but the top four teams get buys and then into the divisional round like it is now. And then the rest of the teams go into wild card round and play into the divisional round. So it's, it's the same structure, wildcard round, divisional round, LCS,
2: and then the world series. So with the eight remaining teams, would they seed them like one through eight or would they seat them probably i'm, that's, t- I'm trying yeah. to take a look now so i mean it, it, like like uh me was saying with the nba they have the eight seeds but they only have two divisions so that's where it, it's a little simpler there when it comes to it comes to this yeah i i just i only saw the divisions i didn't see those playoff scenarios so it'll be interesting to see oh. how that's going to play like, out one of the things i'm interested in is. One, how the travel affects
3: teams, because they, they obviously set it up for travel. Oh, yeah. yeah. And all this, it's not really a central, it's a north central. All those teams are, are within a, a two-hour flight of each other, and then the west is so spread out, and the east is spread out, doing Miami and the south. But mm-hmm. the other thing I mean by a game 100, probably. And so they were they were in trouble the second half of last season. I think it's going to make manager be more aggressive with every. The games matter a whole lot more than, than they did last year because managers manage with no double switches anymore. If there's a DH, way more bullpen arms going in and out because at thirty, uh, I'm eager to.
2: So, have they talked about like what the trade deadline be, or because I haven't, I haven't seen anything about the exact. I've seen I've seen anything from a hundred to hundred about what the trade deadline would be either.
1: If. If Rosser, I don't think there should. I, I think honestly, there should be no trades allowed because you have everything you need right there within 30 players. And if there is going to be a very minuscule minor league season, you know, you got to give some guys some chance, some chances, actually. So,
2: Yeah, that was the other news that came out this week was that minor league baseball put out a statement that Uh, refuting a report that there would be no minor league season at all in 2020. I mean, I don't see how you would play a major league season and not play a minor league season, especially since they are going to have a draft, I think, on June 10th. I I didn't see how many rounds it would be, uh, but there is going to be an amateur draft, so why wouldn't there be a minor league season as well, even if it's just, you know, like a 60-game season? Just something.
1: The minor league, oh. the minor league teams are already used to playing as like half seasons, and playing like, those half seasons actually mean something to them too. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, so, you know, why not play a second half season for minor leaguers, which you know would be considered fall ball almost if you have to push it to towards that that long. Give them something, you know, like I don't.
2: That's an interesting point, Paulie. I didn't think of what uh, a later season would do to say the. Arizona Fall League, or the Caribbean World Series, or the Dominican League, or anything like that would those still happen? Even if the if the major leagues are still playing, you think? I mean, I know there's a lot of players down there that don't play in the major leagues, but there are several that do.
3: I can't understand why they're not pushing to get more out of their top level talent, even if they're cutting the minor leagues down to Triple A and Double A only, or an Arizona Fall League where all the elite players go. I mean, we talked about this last week about the Reds not being able to see what they're getting out of Stevenson and Green and Ledo et cetera. So that's maybe it's just my frustration coming through that uh, I'm eager to see these these kids and and I won't.
2: Yeah, and a lot of the frustration – and I I agree. I'm I'm frustrated about the whole situation. I think everybody is. They, nobody wants any of this shortened season or no season or anything. This virus has just screwed up so much crap in our lives. Yeah. And, you know, so many people have lost their jobs. It's just been horrible. And hopefully there's a vaccine soon and we can get to some semblance of normal. Now, yeah. to back to the, the three divisions. So after this season, do we go back to the regular six divisions and two leagues or will this be so good that this may be a permanent realignment? Uh, let's start with you, Bermi. Would you would you want to see if, what would your thoughts be on if this is a permanent realignment and not going back to the six divisions and two leagues?
0: I mean, I'll piss someone off no matter what I say, but I like the way we have it now. I think I think it wor- the way we have it, and when I say now, I mean 2019, previous. I know the Astros recently jumped the AL West but it was stupid that the NL Central had six teams and the, you know, the AL West had four. So we needed to do something to balance it out. <clears throat> it creates a natural rivalry with the Rangers. So things like that make sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is we don't need three divisions with 10 teams. I think it's, it's kind of an overkill, you know, like you're going to have to play so many games within your own division. Um, it eliminates, you know, playing everybody all year and, you know, especially as a, as a you know a fan of an or an American League team, you know it, it's kind of fun knowing that oh good the Rockies are going to town one time this year. I get to watch Nolan Arenado play, or something along those lines. That was just a generic example, but you know what I mean. So I would like to go back to the NL East, Central, West, and you know vice versa for the American League. Um, if it works, great. It's a one it, to me. It's a one solution. It gives us baseball. Gives us some kind of normalcy as fans, um, and it's different. But do I like it going forward? No. You know, it's it's going to be fun the Indians division all year, one year if it happens. But I. But
2: I don't more as a novelty kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I, I think it'll be fun to talk about in the, like you know in baseball lore, if you will. I guess. So you. you know, that's that's just my opinion. There be other people that disagree with that. There be people that agree with that it's fine. Um, the I. The one thing, good thing out of it to me is the universal DH. I think the universal DH is good. It gives the National League a competitive balance when it comes to free agent signings, especially amongst sluggers 32 and older, the Nelson Cruzes of the world, the Joey Vodas of the world. You don't have to about all of them going to the American League, and you know, and because of that, they'll pay you know a more higher premium for pitching because they have to get nine batters out instead of eight, and things like that. Um, but in terms of going back, I would like to go back to the NL Central. I don't want to stay in just East Central West. I don't like the alignment. I think three is a bad number, anyways. If you look at sports, it's two, it's four, it's not three. So if they wanted to, you, know, you can't do it because they only have thirty teams. You don't have thirty-two or twenty-eight or whatever. So go back to the, uh, you know, the old divisions after this year. But for one year, I think it's kind of cool. So.
2: I did notice when I was looking at this, that there are five American and five national league teams in each of these divisions. So that might be why the Braves got moved to the central. It's just mm-hmm. probably to balance that out. I didn't, I didn't pay that much attention at first, but now that I look at that, yeah, I can see why they would have moved the Braves to the central and yeah. east.
0: Cause like mm-hmm. maybe you could have put them in the central and the Braves in the east. Although I don't know which one's further than the other one. I'm geographically challenged, but, um, but, yeah, you know, I I get why they did it. It makes sense. It'd be fun for a year. It'd be different. and It'd be something to talk about. But at the end of the day, I would like to go back, beating the Pirates ass, <laughs> beating the Brewers, fuck the Cardinals and the Cubs. Can, it sounds traditional or whatever, but, you know, I don't mind realignment it is a fix. It's a stopgap. It's not good realignment. It's just a stopgap to give us some baseball in 2020.
2: Give me your thoughts on uh, if you would like these divisions going forward or if this is just like we were talking with Burmese, just a one-year thing.
4: Uh, I mean, I don't really like change in general, so I don't know. I It's fine. It's I think it's an if we're going to have a season. If that means we can see some baseball, then cool. I don't really care anymore. Do whatever you need to do. But going forward, I, I would prefer to just go back. Uh, honestly, this is – own selfish reason, I suppose, but I I also enjoy hating the Cubs and hating Cardinals and hating Pirates. I don't know. It brings me joy when they lose, so I don't think that's going to change in my brain. So, it's like deep-seated, so I don't know. I don't think that's... I I also agree with the the even numbers, not even just because in sports, even numbers work. Just for me, I don't don't like odd numbers. It It doesn't quite sit with me, so I prefer to go back to how it was, but um, the Dh I think is definitely something that we should see across major league baseball. I don't think it really makes sense that they basically play two different sports I, I don't get it. I mean it's the same sport but it's different rules it's it doesn't make sense that one entity would have two completely different sets of rules so,
2: I, I, I sorry yeah, I, go ahead. I absolutely believe that the Dh is going to be universal after we see it in 2020. Even if the divisions go back to normal, I think that I think once once the DH is in play in National League in National League Downs, I think it's here to stay. Yeah. Here's the thing, Polly. What do you think about making these divisions either permanent or just making it the wing?
1: Here's the thing. I have a few things to say. One, interleague play is dying. It's just not that exciting as it once was. I think there should be a little bit more focal on different and different divisions. But I I agree with you guys entirely on hating the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Brewers, and the Cardinals, too. But I also remember going to a lot of Reds games where they had to play the Dodgers, and I fucking hate the Dodgers. And I remember that rivalry, and I remember being the NL West, and I missed that. I kind of missed that division. I miss that division
2: right now. Oh, the old NL West was amazing.
1: But I agree. Callie, 100%. You say a lot should be in the universal next year and beyond, I think is the next step to take baseball to, to advance it. And I, I've said it many times. And I, my conspiracy theories, baseball introduced steroids into it to take it to the next level. The DH, yeah, two leagues can have separate rules, and it just would advance baseball. Maybe realigning some teams here and there.
2: Ken, what are your thoughts on perhaps keeping these divisions long-term or just for the one year?
3: I don't think they will. Uh, The only other comparable season, this is 81, where where they did the two halves, and they did the two halves and they went right back. I realize they didn't align anything, but – I think back to a normal season go back to 3 league or 2 leagues of 3 divisions. It it might be interesting if it's good fan reaction from it. I can see some realignment, but the problem with 3 leagues is is they're now mixed. So you have 3 leagues of 2 divisions. It's theoretical that the Yankees and Red Sox are now in the World Series together because they're not aligned by league anymore. So so you've mixed up Some of these natural, natural rivalries. It's interesting because now the playoffs are seeded strictly by record, assuming that's what would happen, and not by league. So you're never going to have the best two teams in the NLSCS anymore because they'll be on opposite sides of the bracket. So if the Yankees and Red Sox are the two best teams, then they could potentially meet in the World Series, which I could see baseball liking that. What a slurp
0: fest. What a slurp fest.
3: And not necessarily the, the Yankees and Red Sox, but keeping the best two teams on opposite sides of the bracket, even if they happen to end up in the same league. Because you ne- you don't want a scenario where you've got a wild card team in the World Series, the best team, unless it's the Nationals. Then that's different. Yeah. But so the, it's an interesting experiment. And I think if the major league base, if for is smart, which I have my doubts on, they'll at least learn from it. And make some notes and say, okay, what worked, what didn't, what should we keep doing, what should we stop doing, and what should we do more of?
2: Yeah, uh, I also wonder. I mean, we talked about the universal DH and we talked a little bit on the expanded rosters, but I wonder if expanded rosters would be here to stay. I know that they were going to go to twenty-six man rosters, but they're they're talking up to almost up to man rosters for this season. I wonder once that gets going, that maybe. Instead of twenty six, it'll be twenty eight or something going forward. I don't know.
3: It's so something the new the new September rules were were twenty six man rosters, and then instead of forty man, you would have twenty nine man rosters. They were going to limit it to 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 three three additional to, ups, Yeah, to three additionalers, which disappoints me because now I lose a lot a lot of my Twitter fodder when, when we don't get September cups of coffee. But I can see him going. Okay, yeah. Why not just twenty nine all the time? Because the players' union would love it because you, you have more people doing mixed – or you have more people earning service time and earning bigger salaries. And the owners and GMs might like it because now you're not stretching out your pitchers. If, you've, if you're in a mop-up game, throw out somebody who's – throw out your 15th, 18th man in the bullpen and, and you're not getting your stars injured as often. So there's you don't have to those players to have only three substitutions or four substitutions on, on you can carry three or four catchers.
2: Yeah, especially with the DH. Oh yeah, I'm yep. gonna
0: miss the forty man. I'm not, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I kind of liked it because like not not everybody did it, but I would have loved to have seen like a guy like Amir Garrett, you know, who came in in April and was great when he started off, and then it, you know got hurt, you know kind of faded off in July, came back, whatever. I like to see those guys get called up in September and get that cup of coffee because I think it takes a lot of pressure off them where, like, you've already made your Major League debut and it doesn't affect your service time. So you come, you know, you come in in April and it's like, okay, this is my first full year. But at the same time, you've already pitched your, you know, whatever, six games in the show. So you don't have that coming into the season, that, that nervous, you know, you know, wound super tight spring training where you're thinking every, we'll decide if you make the, you know, the, you know, the 25 man off the bat, the 20, 29 man would help. The 26 man will help. Cause they're going to limit it to 13 pitchers, which everybody would carry forges if they could, have, let's be honest.
2: Oh, yeah. um,
0: but, you know, I personally, I, I'm going to miss the 40 man. Um, there are certain rules that I think help the game and I don't, Eliminating the September 40-man roster to me—if you limit pitch, you know, pitching changes and like if you have a batter rule, which I hate that too, but you're going to have that anyways. I don't see why you have to limit how many guys can come up and get their, you know, get their one shot um, in the show. I thought it was kind of a unique thing that that baseball, does, that no other sport really allows you to do. So, um, you know, personally, I, I wish it would just stay in a 40-man. I know it's not going to, but. That's just something that I liked about the game. So,
2: no, it was it was definitely like you were saying it's unique to baseball because the NFL doesn't expand the fifty-three man roster in December. You know, the NHL doesn't expand their roster. Uh,
0: the <laughs> NHL, the NHL actually does, oh. and I, I, it, it's different because like you can only dress so many tonight, but like the NHL does allow you after the trade deadline to carry as many guys with the team as you want.
2: But you just but had a limit on how many you can dress.
0: Correct. You can only okay. dress eighteen. I think it's yeah, it's eighteen skaters, two goalies a night. Some guys maybe it's September twenty fifth, and it's two innings. And why are we robbing that guy of uh, you know of, of his major league, you know, his one major league experience for considered arbitrary at best? I don't think it slows the game down. You just pick a different guy to go pitch or a different guy to go pinch run. You know, so I I don't think it's anything about speeding the game up or anything like that.
2: Like I said, I think just, just my opinion, I think the argument was that it changes the playoff stretch or down the stretch of the season where, you know, a guy that would normally have to pitch like a third night in a row doesn't have to because they've called up four pitchers or I, I never bought that argument.
0: The NFL, like shit, they play 16 games and you know, if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you're 13 and two and you rest everybody, maybe the team you're playing needs to win that game to make a wild card spot. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to rest Lamar Jackson, I'm just thinking of last year, but like Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and a couple of key defensive starters, and you're resting those guys and you're just, you know, you're playing the RG3s and the Trace McSorley's of the world at quarterback. We all know how that's going to go. They're probably not going to, they're not going to win the game. I think it's impossible to alleviate that. And I think any team in contention is just, You know, maybe you use Saurmano once out of the bullpen for an inning, but you're not. You're going to pitch your studs, and yeah, they'll they'll be tired. You know, they'll be tired by the time the postseason comes around. But that's kind of the nature of the game. That would happen either way, you know.
2: And with the shortened season, maybe you won't have as much burnout in the bullpen with you know sixty less games or so. Here's the thing, Polly. Give me your thoughts on the rosters.
1: I here's the thing. I really. Think that expanded rosters would, with service time, would hurt people, but I really like giving those guys a cup of coffee as well. And thanks, Keith Law, for that terminology in my lifetime now. But the game's changing. You know, players are changing, and I think that expanded rosters would give more guys opportunity to show what they can do in the big leagues and not the minor leagues. There's some guys that are ready. There's some guys that are not ready, and sometimes those guys that are ready or that are there fuck up, and then and then they don't they get a chance and they're they're not on their top game. And I think of some guys like mentality can be changed by giving them that cup of coffee as soon as possible, saying hey, here here it is, you know let's see what. You, and I feel like a few teams in our division have or or the Cardinals did that have done that the best of giving guy, young guys opportunities to show what they can do. And they it proved for them for a while. But is that going to work for the Reds? Is that going to work for the Marlins? Is that going to work for the Angels? You never know. It expanded rosters not to the max, but an additional couple players just to give teams some leeway with veterans i think you'll see more guys play a few more years if expanded rosters happen too and dh as well
2: callie do you have any thoughts on the potential expanded rosters for this year and if maybe we keep that going forward
4: um i agree with polly like it is a changing sport that one I can kind of deal with. I mean, it is, um, some of those players you get to come up in September and, you know, having one game and then it does take the pressure off of them. But I mean, as far as things I'm going to complain about, that's just not really it.
2: Okay. Um, so we had a little bit of a fun topic here. Uh, I didn't ask for any uh, listener questions, mainly because I was busy all day and didn't really have time, but <laughs> Burmy brought this up. So I'll let him go first. What major league baseball stadium of either the past or maybe even, you know, not even major league or, you know, an old game that you wish you could have watched a game at? And before we get started, we're just prefacing that, of course, everybody here would probably want to see a game at Crosley Field. I think that's a given. But since, you know, none of us are 80 years old, we would not get to see a game in Crosley. Uh, shout out to Jer. But, Burmy, what stadium, one or two stadiums, would you have loved to have seen a game in?
0: It's really tough to eliminate to one to two, and I know there's certain ones that other people on the podcast want to talk about, so I won't mention them. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say something like Ebbets Field, you know, Brooklyn, dem Demboms, you know, that would be amazing. Um, as much as I hate them, old Yankee Stadium, just to go sit there and, you know, taking a legendary Yankee team with their fucking lineups they've had would be incredible. Um, but if if I mean if we're taking just a random you know something like like Shibe Park in Philadelphia, home to the Phillies and the A's, that would be unbelievable. Go watch con you know go watch Connie Mack work his magic and kind of call a ball game around and you know just you know do his thing. You know the Philadelphia A a lot of World Series in the teens and you know the Phillies um you know were there the whole time too and they both shared a lot of really great players and um you know that would be a place that'd be really fun to just you know go sit and watch a ball game um but yeah you know the New York ballparks maybe go see uh you know the old Boston Park when Boston had two teams um you know Fenway before the uh you know they put in the Green Monster things like that there's just a lot of places and I think a lot of it based on the players that were there, you know? Like, we see, like, Ted Williams highlights, and we see the new, or not the new, but, like, this Fenway we all know, but they didn't even have the big left field, the green monster, for a long time. So it's just little things like that that I think would be, you know, kind of fun to go go catch a ball. But, like, I I just think Ebbets Field would be a really great one, Um, because every documentary I've watched, anybody else who listens, or any, any of you guys are... Callie or anyone um, that knows any, you know, or has learned anything about Ebbets Field, it really had that neighborhood feel to it, and I imagine that's probably pretty tough to get in New York City. I know they're all very borough proud, but you know, the, I, I've seen a lot of things where, um, and I've heard Vin Scully say, where how intimate Ebbets Field was, and I just think that's fascinating. You know, It's impossible to deny how dominant baseball was in New York City. At a time in this country's history, where you know the Giants, the Yankees, and the Dodgers seemingly were in the World Series every year, you know, yeah, two, two of them versus the other one. So mm-hmm. that's just my, you know, this, that's just one that I think would be really fun to go sit there and watch Pee Wee and Jackie and you know those guys and you know Don Newcomb, and you know, all won th- three MVPs and I just think it's crazy, you know, how how much history was in Ebbets Field and. You know, they obviously, you know, left for greener pastures, but you know, Sandy Koufax got his initial start at Ebbets Field. That would be really fun to go, to kind of go see and uh, take in a ball game.
2: I've got a I've got a couple unique ones. First, before I get to the unique ones, I would have loved to have seen a game at the old Tiger Stadium where the second deck of the outfield overhang, overhung the outfield by a couple of feet. I would have loved to have had, like, one of those seats where you're basically over the field of play. I, I mean, I, I saw... On TV from there, I mean Cecil Fielder hitting one on the roof. I would have, I would have loved to have gone to a game there. Some odd ones. I would have loved to have gone to a game at the L.A. Coliseum when the Dodgers first moved there before the stadium was built, where they had those oh. short ends. I mean, they basically was they yeah. split sc- they yes. it into they a football field. A World Series, right? I and, think
0: Ebbets. I think Abbott's Field had that overhanging uh, ho- overhanging outfield too.
2: Yeah,
1: Coop just so, just for a fun fact.
2: Oh yeah. Um, I think
1: Comiskey did Comiskey looks like you do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's the old the old White Sox stadium. Yeah, that would be yeah. another <clears throat> another good one to have been able to watch a game at. But yeah, that just the uniqueness of ball in LA in the LA Coliseum. I would have loved to have been to a went to a game there. I mean, it's still hosting events and it, it's it's over 100 years old. Another one, Jerry Park in Montreal when the Expos first went there. Uh, before they moved to Olympic Stadium, outdoor baseball in Canada. That would have been interesting. <laughs> would have been interesting. Uh, it, was, it was a bare bones park, but just the of baseball in Canada at an outdoor stadium like that, I, I don't know. I think that would have been neat to go to. Ken, give me a couple.
3: I've got a couple. Um, the polo grounds to stay in New York, uh, if you look up an old to your neighborhood field, if you look up old pictures, Ebbets Yankee and the Polo Grounds were all within probably a mile of each other. So, that, so that's kind of that's that's kind of cool to see those old photos. But the Polo Grounds was so cool. It's 258 and 279 down the lines, super short and kind of a high wall, but 483 in in dead center field. So when you think of that, it puts uh, Willie Mays catching the in the World Series against the Indians. Yeah, uh, Vic Wurtz Vic, Vic yeah, Vic hit it. Yeah, into perspective about how far he had to run. And, and he was notorious for playing shallow anyway. So how far he had to run that ball. Uh, the was bizarre. And then, uh, Berm, you also mentioned Philly. How about the Baker Bowl in Philly? Um, similar dimension oh, in, yeah. in right field, 281 down the field line and 408 straightaway center. But the quirk of the ballpark, two things. One, it had a 60-foot-high, quote, monster to steal Boston's term in right field. But the right field wall and the, and the third base foul line were parallel to each other. So if that shows you the angle between it was built in a rectangle and so you have a right angle from the first baseline to right field. Right field juts straight out in a straight line to center field and and then comes back down to 342 down the left field line. So it's super bizarre dimensions between the, the third baseline and the right field wall being
2: parallel. That would have been an insight to see. Um,
3: I actually did get to go to Tiger Stadium. I went to, I, I road tripped in college at, up to the last series. And. For as intimate and historic as it was, um, I also got to go to Old Yankee. Both of them, we noticed, were on limited view seats. Only those were the tickets we could get um, <laughs> behind behind a pillar. And then how small they were, how how small the corridors were, how tight the the doorways were between like the stairway and the concourse. Yeah, because yeah. people were smaller when they were built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people were people were smaller, and, and so. It's it's interesting comparing Great American Ballpark and the wide open spaces at GABP. If you picture the, the lower concourse in the open air to these tight hallways that are probably ten or twelve feet wide at Yankee Stadium uh, in the upper deck, and everything, all the it, it's a hallway, not a concourse, because it's all concrete down both sides, except for a doorway every couple hundred feet for either to walk to the field or to take the stairs back down to the to the main level and tiger stadium was the same way it's just you've got these old dimensions and it's intimate to steal that word from Vin scully but it's you can tell how people have started to understand technology and sight lines and building materials to create a better fan experience they had to build a hundred years ago
2: well and a lot of those stadiums were just here's the block and the stadium's got to fit there how do we make it fit kind of thing, sure. yeah. which is where like a lot of those unique angles and unique uh, distances came into play where like you like you were saying at polo grounds where they fit it into a city block. So the lines were so down the lines, it was so short and then it was so mm-hmm. long to center field and it's kind of they've, they've kind of artificially done that with newer stadiums of so adding in the quirks and stuff. I love natural quirks. Like we talked about Crosley yeah. with the with yeah. they had the hill in left field. I mean, come on! It's the fun. What it's the, the fun of
0: the fun of the fun of baseball is that like any other sport. Where football the, the field's the same, hockey the rink's the same, basketball the court's the same. Baseball it's a little different everywhere you go, and that's isn't that kind of the fun of it. You oh. know, baseball's a quirky enough game. That, you know, it's a quirky game, and like I think that's one of the ind- of the game is that you may go to like, great American and it's four hundred dinner. You go out to Colorado when it's 396 and you're like, man, why is it shorter in a place that you hit a bunch of home runs? But for whatever reason, that that Rockies outfield feels cavernous as opposed to Great American where, you know, you feel like, fuck, Jesse Winker can play. I mean, we're not advocating for this, but Jesse Winker can play center field, <laughs> yeah. you know, on, on on a given night if he has to. And you don't lose that much. You know what I mean?
2: And I think it was Enron when it opened. Now it's minute mark in Houston. They went over both quirks. And yeah. they did change it this past year, where they finally took the the flagpole out of play. The
0: the hell out.
2: Yeah, uh, the Crawford boxes. I mean, that they went too far with the gimmicks there. I think. Well, I've
3: been to yeah. to Enron, mm-hmm. and you sit in those Crawford boxes. I was down there when they were terrible, so I so I, I was able to to sit in different parts of the stadium. Those Crawford boxes are close. You don't realize. I mean. You, you can do the math with the dimensions, but you feel like you're on top of third base in those Crawford boxes. Cause you're 50 feet closer than you would be oh, at yeah. a great. American.
2: Absolutely. And here's a, give us a couple of uh, one or two stadiums that you would love to have seen a game at.
1: Here's the thing. I've been looking at some old pictures and I, first I was like the domes would be excellent. Like the kingdom, um, what was in Seattle's kingdom, Amsterdam? Yeah. But looking at old pictures from like there are riverfronts on here, three rivers, like the stadiums that were built to fill people with baseball fans in the seventies would have would be really cool to go like right now to watch a game. I mean, it just I I think like that's a a time in baseball where it was just very unique and and to see a whole game on turf again would be really, really awesome because the game speeds up. And I, and I really think that's why the Reds won it two years in a row because of speed. And it just looking back and thankfully I had a wonderful ex-girlfriend who took me to Yankee stadium uh, for a red series and Yankee series back in college and I was in awe because it was just, you know, it was a place where, I, like, my childhood hero, Paul O'Neill, got to end his career. And it was just something like, and I got to wear off the Red series. It was just, old Yankee Stadium, I like those old stadiums. Like, I like going to Wrigley. I've been there, like, four or five times. And it's, yes, it's full of Cubs fans. But it's, like, you feel, like, you feel the history. And, like, walking to Yankees, you, you, like, you walked amongst, you. you're walking amongst ghosts, almost. And it just felt like baseball and great American has that front because I was so young and I didn't get to appreciate it. I mean, I was at the last game there, but I didn't get to appreciate it. And I think like looking back on all these, all these old stadiums, like three rivers, like I would like to go appreciate a ball game there. Does that make
2: sense? No, no, it absolutely does. And my first baseball memories were at riverfront. And I remember when, when it became synergy field and they did the cutout, for a great American ballpark, how much that changed the atmosphere of that. St- like before you, you, when you would walk in, you know, it's just the big bowl. All you see is field and seats, but when they made that cut out right. and then they put grass in, it was a completely different stadium.
3: It felt like a ballpark. It didn't right. feel like it felt like baseball. You're right. Great point. It didn't feel like it didn't feel so sterile,
2: right? It was, it was so unique that, I mean, I remember people saying, well, why are we building this new stadium? We could have just done this, and it would have been fine. Of,
1: yeah, they could have updated it. I mean, I would, uh, now, say, so I would never want to walk all the way up to oh, no. the green seats. No, great, American <laughs> Ballpark,
2: great American Ballpark is great. But it was just a unique couple of years when they cut out those seats yeah. that, and were building the stadium. The
1: mini yeah. green what, I don't even know what they called that. Was that center field they hit that, right? Yeah, because was, was
2: it was only like 390 to center. So they put like a, I think it was 40 foot batter's eye outfield wall. And uh, I think I, I think it was Richie Sexton hit one over top of it. Or was it Albert Pool? Oh. Somebody like that. And it was like, that was a shot. And when a ball would hit off of it, it was just plywood. So it would sound like stacking lumber. Don't. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, Cal. You got like one or two stadiums that you wish you could have seen a game at?
4: Yeah, I would have liked to have uh, seen Old Tiger Stadium, and I also would have liked to have seen Old Yankee Stadium. I think just the general feel of them. It it has to feel, uh, just like Polly said, just like it feels like baseball. I I don't know. I do think that Great American has that, but in the old quirks, and I kind of like that, I don't know, you always say I – live in the hood uh, like the old buildings and such but I like it like the stairs uh, it's just a different feel I don't know it kind of takes you back in time I think that's just neat to be able to see baseball um, from that kind of perspective I would also like to honestly be able to go back and see another game at Riverfront because when I went I was so young that I did not appreciate it at all I really don't remember most of it like I, I remember what it looks like but sometimes I'm think like I'm, it might just be because i've seen so many pictures like i really don't remember any stuff like maybe pokey reese was playing and i remember asking my dad why the hell his name was pokey like what does that even mean <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i just i just know that i did not appreciate Shout it to i Jared. didn't like, pay any attention to like what was going on uh if like any of what it looked like really and i would love to be able to go back and take that in again and actually be able to Appreciate what I don't know. Everyone says it was kind of, but it was also.
2: I, it was I our I it.
4: Yeah, I remember that I liked going. I just wasn't into baseball yet, and I didn't really understand why we had to stay for four hours and it was ninety degrees. And <laughs> we were, I don't know. I just, that part I didn't understand as a kid, and I just I don't know. I just didn't appreciate it. Brought that, but you know, that's every like seven year old. They all act like dicks when you take sure. them to do things that are fun. So i don't know that, would, that those are the ones that i would like to see the most
2: man it would in the middle summer at riverfront man it got hot because you had it the, got
1: so hot. it got hot i remember that
2: it was all concrete and astro turf. Like, oh. <laughs> oh man coop i
0: did have i did have one other fun fact about an old stadium can i share it yeah go ahead so the Washington senators uh, uh they played at griffith stadium in down in dc and they had really crazy dimensions. Like their center field looks like really wonky when you look it up. And it's because there were homes, like people's homes in center field. So when they tried to buy it, the people fought it. And they were like, Nope. And they won on imminent domain. So they had to put this wild center field in around these houses that people owned. <laughs> and there's rumors, there's rumors that a few home runs hit the houses. Now I don't know I don't know what the validity is. I'm sure it happened a few times, um, but there were homes like right over the center. so. If it it seems inconceivable, oh, it, 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 look it up. It's actually there's like Donald that's Trump. hilarious. It's really that's funny, awesome. but you can look it up. Um, something that I find funny is um, I was watching this documentary on like just old ballparks, and they interviewed this old center center. Can't remember his name to save my life. He played the early 50s, maybe late 40s. Either way, and he was like, yeah it was kind of funny knowing that you're a hundred feet away on the other side of that wall from like a family having dinner <laughs> with yeah. like the ball, but with like the ball game on the radio and they're a hundred feet behind you. <clears throat> and there were rumors that there were like, like not rumors. There were holes in the bottom, but there were rumors that like the children of the neighborhood would run over and they would like smack these holes into the center field wall. And the senators wouldn't do anything about it because they didn't want to fuck with the, you know, the families that own the homes there and like the neighborhood kids would get these holes and like they'd all take turns watching pitch by pitch. And they'd like look into like these divots they dug out in the wall, like the outfield wall, you know, so they wouldn't advertise in the base of the center field wall because there were holes in there.
1: Hmm. So
0: I, I, I always thought that was just kind of a fun fact.
1: I would travel to Iowa or uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Is that correct? for the little league League world series is
2: Williamsport is the Williamsport
1: Williamsport um how they had the scheduled games uh for major leagues to play there this year I if the Reds played in one of those games I would travel to to go one of those and and just go. like I would do anything to go to one of those
2: yeah that that game in Williamsport there's actually I think it's a single a affiliate of maybe the Mets play in williamsport so there's an actual you know that's an actual real field but uh not that the fields aren't real you know what i'm saying but i would i would like to go to a little league world series game i think that would be unique
1: yeah yeah i uh the college world series would be interesting to oh, to. go to. i Here, would right love right? to go to the college world series that would be
2: fun be my really, boss really
1: my boss my boss went last year he said it was a blast
2: i've always heard that it's amazing all I, right.
0: I looked up those uh, Richie Sexton home
3: uh, runs yeah. and I think they came off uh Brian Reith and or uh Osvaldo Fernandez. So, shout out to some of my tribe.
2: Nice.
0: You guys so realize you that's like hard. Hard. that's my, my childhood your is right. <laughs> you guys realize that's like those were like that's like my, my childhood teams were like the 97, 98 <sighs> through like 03, right? This like is that's I uh, thanks cuz i wasn't oh, yeah. i have never really been alive for any big success they weren't i mean outside of 95 when i was 4 and don't remember shit i don't i didn't have any success till i was almost 20 years old so it is borderline fucking miraculous
2: same thing with the ladies I, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh zing <laughs> uh, fuck
0: uh no it's, 90. Like, it's borderline miraculous that i'm as big of a red's fan as i am because my generation of Reds fans, I believe there's enough of us that you care.
2: Those
3: 90, bit, four
0: and five teams were so
3: much fun oh, to yeah. watch.
2: I remember those man. teams. With I just remember the ninety five playoffs. Sweep the Dodgers and then that, yeah, Mar- that Atlanta Reggie Sanders.
0: The, the fans never brains, forgave man. Him. never forgave it. You know what him. though? The ninety five Reds may have been one of the best teams in like, you know, the last fifty years for the Reds but those teams, man! Jesus oh, Christ! Sure.
2: Oh, they were sure. ridiculous. Three
0: Hall of Famers in the
2: rotation. Uh, yeah, I crazy. mean,
0: good lord!
2: Oh, they, they were ridiculous. Yeah.
0: You know, it's crazy. They only won one World Series out of all that too.
2: They couldn't
3: hit
1: it for shit.
2: Yeah, that was their yeah. That was their it, problem. Go ahead, Paul. I
1: I love the Braves that then, but then I love their success too. Being a Reds fan at the same time, like, is that make? It doesn't make any sense. But like, no. Um, it's, it, is growing up in the '90s, to say like you didn't not like the Blue Jays, you didn't like to see Joe game. Carter, uh, dude
0: Ricky Henderson on the Blue Jays.
1: Who did Ricky Henderson play for?
0: The Reds. Reds. The
1: Reds. <laughs> uh, um, but like, I even went as far as like I respect what the Yankees did in the in the 90s. Yeah. I, Nope. Nah, fuck Jeffrey Mayor. Fuck the Yankees. Jeffrey Mayor. Wow, that's, that's that's good.
0: Burma. were you seven when that home run happened? I was old enough to remember that, and I, I've been old enough to realize that the bigger markets love to get the breaks. So, oh yeah, I still. I that's such bullshit to me. That is such bullshit, and that's it. It, it just annoys me that you know that break doesn't go to the Kansas City Royals. You know. They have a 79-minute debate over it, where they talk about how much money New York makes if they make the World Series versus if Kansas City does, and then Kansas City si- and then Kansas City is called out, and it takes 79 minutes, and everybody in Yankee Stadium loses their minds, even though half are from New York. Wasn't it Baltimore? It, just, it was Baltimore. Yeah, it was against Baltimore. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was Tony Tarasco in right field.
2: Yep, I it remember just, that.
0: Yeah, it was. But Buck Showalter was the manager, right? I'm kidding. Oh, who was the manager? for? The Orioles was it? Was it still Earl Weaver? No, no. <laughs> Earl <laughs> Weaver. It was not. Her. I was. I'm. I, I'm being facetious. I forget who. No, was. it was no, 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 no. It, it was Davy Johnson. Yeah, it was Davy Johnson. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I remember that now. Oh. That potentially robbed Cal Ripken of a World Series. And I watched his Sports Century today, and like, yeah, he's a martinet. You know, Cal Ripken does it all by the book, doesn't miss a game for years. But if Cal Ripken's, he's like the best player of all time. Because because he's an Oriole, he fades off. I mean, his, his record of consecutive games played stands, but like, and had well over three thousand hits, hit well over four hundred and whatever home runs, but he doesn't do it as a Yankee. So it's like, eh.
2: Well, it's, it's just like uh, Yankees fans think Derek Jeter was so much better than Barry Larkin, and I mean the numbers <laughs> don't back that. Up. Yeah, he had a, he had a lot more hits. That's fine. Sure. I, I mean, he played. Yeah. He, he also played more games because Larkin was hurt a lot, but. Yeah.
3: Stupid AstroTurf.
2: Yeah, exactly. Caused
3: Davis, Daniels, mm-hmm. and Larkin. Hundreds of
2: games. Absolutely. Thank
3: Barry Larkin. I don't know if, if some of your younger fans will remember this, but Barry Larkin strong-armed Marge shot into putting in turf. He was going to leave. Or uh, putting in grass. He was going to leave the team. He was like, I can't play on AstroTurfing up. Uh, he was with another contract. And he, she... Bent, she she broke. She put in grass. Yeah,
2: when they did the cutout for uh, mm-hmm. for Great yeah. American Ballpark, in what was that, 2000, 2001, something like that.
3: Yeah, I think they. I, I think they, they took it out after the ninety nine season, before Griffey and
0: Well, No, uh, no, I think shit. my first.
2: I no, think it was two thousand one.
3: No, one. My first they game two was, seasons with the cutout. Right. My first game was yeah. two
0: thousand, and it was on AstroTurf.
2: Yeah, yeah. And if
0: I it, or it was something because. There was a, very, a ground rule double in my first game, and it was a ridiculous hop that would never happen on grass.
2: Yeah, because uh, the two seasons went. The cutout would have been two thousand one, and two thousand two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See, guys, yeah.
0: that's like those are my least like watching every night memories. Okay. It was like ninety.
2: I remember. By that. Like
0: age eight to age eleven years. Like the before that, I remember it, but like yeah, like that shitty synergy field with no outfield. And the Griffey walk off inside the Parker, I'm yes. sure.
3: Oh, that was that, awesome. awesome! Awesome. Yep, that's
0: that. that's like that's like my youth, though. How like Great American. I was in Great college. Great American Open when I was, I was in, in college. Yeah, me too. Cool. Up to sixth grade for me.
2: God, you young bastard!
3: Yeah, you're such a pup. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you mentioned Tony Tarasco. So, so I Google him or I BBRM. In '97, he played for '96 and in, uh, in Baltimore. In 98, he had a cup of coffee with the Reds. Um, So he'll be obscure former Red for today. 28 plate appearances. 208, 296, 417 for a a stunning 713 OPS with the Reds. I I have have no no
2: memory of Tony Torres' Red.
3: I have no idea him ever playing for the Reds.
2: Good Lord. I have no memory of that at all. um,
3: June 15th to June 18th. And then he had a September cup of coffee, September 9th through the 26th. Now I had no idea he he'd played for the Reds.
2: Nineteen, right. He had a home run. Huh. It was a Red. What the hell? I have no memory of that at all. Huh. Anyway. All right. So uh, before we get out of here, Kelly, I want to talk to you. And I noticed that the, uh, the sports gallery uh, seemed to do pretty well on the Facebook sale. How's that all been going for you?
4: Uh, it's, it's been pretty good. I mean, it definitely gained a lot of interest and people wanted things. I'm having trouble getting hold of some people. There's just kinks to work out because Facebook's a little difficult with the live videos. You can comment afterwards, after it's over, and it will put your comment at whatever time in the video that you were watching it. So, like, timestamps stamps are just kind of, kind of weird. So, if I don't follow it in, like, real time and write down everybody's name and hope that my internet is like the same as everybody else's, the speed and everything, uh, which it grew. It's just a little tricky. Um, and then a lot of people uh, thought over like the same couple of things. So <laughs> I don't know. It was a little stressful. So there's kinks to work out, but it, it went pretty well. And then put up some baseballs the other night from 1990 players uh, during the replays of the 1990 World Series. And that was Really successful too, so that was really good. It's it's not been all bad. Um, I actually kind of like doing more things online, so it's been good.
2: Are you all going to do another uh, like Facebook Live thing or?
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, probably the end of next week. Uh, we've got a couple other things going on. Also, it's going to be nice out, and frankly, I think Mark wants to fix up the rest of his landscaping and stuff. So. <laughs> I think that you know he's he's really enjoyed having time to make the yard look really nice. It looks re- it looks really nice. So I think he's doing all that. So um, probably the end of next week or early the following week we'll do another. We'll definitely put it on the Facebook and send out an email and all kinds of good stuff like that, Twitter and all that, Instagram. So it's it's definitely a lot of fun and there's gonna be a couple of uh, new things every time and then definitely if you like huge sales every time too like so it would normally be like a hundred dollars i think last time he was selling some uh, like super expensive barry larkin photos for like 30 bucks so nice. i don't know it's, yeah definitely it's definitely a good time to grab some because also in our time off we've done some organizing and we just we just need some more room so we gotta find some homes for things yeah we'll do another one
2: uh my suggestion would be uh have some stinger stuff in the next one
4: good idea
2: so how about we wrap up this edition of the podcast since we've been recording for going on two hours.
4: Wrap up this dick.
2: <laughs> and we'll, we'll go around the room here and have everybody give their final thoughts. And here's the thing, Paulie, give me your final thoughts.
1: Here's the thing. Baseball's getting closer and it's going to happen. And I don't care if I'm not there, or if I'm not going to be allowed there, I'm going to get to watch baseball. So I'm really excited and I'm found me a yellow seat back for my election. I am gonna can't wait for that. So if, if you ever need anything from a sports gallery, go to Cali for something school that you're looking for for years. So thank you.
4: Welcome. I can't wait to be able to give you that. I'm excited for that. I'm also excited for baseball to come back. And I'm a little bit more optimistic. A couple of weeks ago, I said that there was not going to be any baseball in 2020. and I was not feeling great. I'm <laughs> trying to feel a little more optimistic now and
2: they're a- in any form is good at this point. I agree. Yep. Any other final thoughts, Kelly? All oh, I got all right. Burmy final thoughts.
0: I'd love to watch some baseball, some live, some live major league baseball. I'm going to leave, leave off what we can talk about eventually. But uh, I was talking to some buddies this week, just about sports in general and, we got on the topic of like, if you could play any, at any given time, what would you do? And I said, if I could have a 10-year major league career playing from 1930 to 1939 in the show, you know, back in the baseball golden age, that'd be unbelievable. You know, I just think that'd be so fun to be any player for any team, you know, when baseball was king. So maybe a topic for a different show, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, I, I think that would be just an unbelievable time. You start off when Babe Ruth's wrapping it up and you're, you know, fish finishing it off, um, right before World War II, you know, kind of got a little convoluted for good reason, obviously. But, um, you know, just a, just a fun thought that if you could go back and, you know, if you could play baseball at any time, what decade would you pick? And for me, it'd be yeah. the 1930s. I think that'd be a really fun time. The Reds were really great at the end, uh, of the decade. They won the kid of MVPs. Um, with I believe it was Bucky Walters, Frank McCormick, and Ernie Lombardi in no particular order. They won the thirty nine and won the forty World Series, so that went time to uh, to be a ball player or if nothing else to be a Cincinnati Reds fan. So
2: Yeah. Shout out to the Great Depression. Ken, <laughs> give us your final thoughts.
0: Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> Ken, go ahead.
0: I just missed ball. Uh,
3: Even if I can't see it just on TV, I'm so desperate that I recorded all three of the MLB throwbacks from last Monday. Um, Larkin's five for five game. Tom Browning's perfect game. And Homer Bailey's no hitter. And I've been watching old games and my wife just roll my rolls her eyes at me. So these games already happened. Like, I know I just miss it. So any sort of baseball live and new would be refreshing.
2: Vermont's uh just want everybody to stay safe, stay healthy. If you go out, wear a mask. Nobody's going to make fun of you. I have today to get my propane tank filled and everybody was wearing a mask except for a couple people. But hey, wear your mask. It's not 100% effective. Everybody knows that, but it's better than nothing. So wear your mask, visit your local businesses, get your takeout in curbside and stuff like that. Support your local businesses, like the Sports Gallery. So, I think this was a very nice for episode number 69. For Paulie and Burmy and Ken and Callie, this is Coop Sand. We'll talk to you later.
4: Cincinnati, Ohio.
1: Cincinnati where the river winds.
4: Lost the Mason and the Dixon